Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 16th of April, 2017. There's never been a time in history where billions of people are controlled as easily as they are controlled today. The techniques are perfect pretty well. And government too, and all the agencies of governments have instant access to the tapping in to your processes of your own thinking, your mind, and so on, through your electronic media. Everyone puts every single thought out there on either on their telephone or their tweeting or whatever else they're doing. And there's nothing about you that's really unknown. Uh, the, the big boys know um, by playing their war games how you'll, you'll react in various situations by playing with a virtual you. And it's pretty well accurate. And when you really think about the long, long history we've all been given in different countries of people fighting for rights and fighting for privacy and fighting to have basic rights even, basic rights included privacy, and how easily they gave them all up in no time at all for this thing called convenience. So really, in other words, every tyrant in history if they'd only had the technology they have today, that it could be the top of the tree and the people wouldn't mind and probably accept them and be quite happy uh, with a tyrant at the very, very top. Because we're going into, we really are in a form of tyranny already, in fact, when you're treated like so many numbers on a database. And that's how you are with your social insurance numbers and your, your little name next to it. Uh, that's what you are. You're, you're just an, a, a number, basically. And the authorities don't care about you at all as long as you pay up all that you're due to pay up and behave yourself and do what you're told. That's all they care about. And they want to know why you're not doing what you're told if you start to think for yourself. They want to know why you're starting to think for yourself. That means it could be contagious. And they've got to catch it and, and stop it, right? Nip it in the bud, basically. And I'm not kidding about this because... <laughs> We live in in an amazing world of total control, total control. I've mentioned before, and many have mentioned long before me, before I came along, that they'd worked for big agencies within governments to find ways of controlling the, the peasantry, basically, the people. And they do call them peasantry at the top. Yes, they do and how to manage them and manipulate them. And, and they would always discuss the problems they had with the people uh, demanding this or demanding that. And so why can't they just be happy and shut up and, and, and procreate and breed and all the rest of it and, and, just, and, and then play themselves, just play themselves? Well, again, they didn't have all the technologies to give us uh, back then to make us happy to be pass the time away playing ourselves. But today, the people are quite content to just pass away the time. And that's all they're doing. They're putting in time until they die. Being entertained and, and passing trivia amongst each other. And what's so interesting to me, because I've studied uh, psychology and sociology and all the other ologies out there pretty well, to do with how the, the, those at the top manage whole populations. And I've read so many of their articles where they talk about the depersonalization process of cities, for instance, and all the fallout that people, normal human beings, will, will, will find living in overcrowded 
cities, the depersonalization process, where you feel you're, you're literally one of many, many ants and you don't matter anymore. You start to lose your, your, your own little bit of ego that keeps you alive, that little bit, not the overblown, exaggerated ego, but that little bit that keeps you going. Because you feel unimportant, and, uh, and that, of course, leads to all kinds of things, neurosis or depressions and drugs even, with, with many youngsters, where they, they cannot find a niche to, to fit into uh, as, uh, in, in this ant hill, basically, which is a big city. And the agenda 21 for the 21st century is to crowd us all into the, the big cities. But they're different, they have different categories of cities for the, for the peasantry and other ones for the, the up-and-coming elite, basically, the managerial bunch. We're living in an advanced system of learning from, or an advanced system which found all the pitfalls out by watching and creating the Nazi era and before that the communist era by trying different things on the general public in China too, mind you uh, and watching how different peoples will adapt and adapt and how to cajole them into accepting a system of overcrowding and less rights, etc. So we're in the, the super Soviet, you might say this, the, the old Soviet system basically stuck. The cog in the wheel basically got stuck, and it didn't go any further. The idealism of communism was a perfectly trained and bred, a perfectly bred society, uh, right down eventually to, to be selected for breeding, but where the offspring would need money. And everybody would simply, and no one would be competing against anyone else in the system. Uh, for the people, that is. The, again, just like um, Charles Galton Darwin, they'd have the wild men at the top running it all who must retain all their faculties, but the general people wouldn't have to because the state would be making all their decisions for them. That's what Charles Galton Darwin wanted for Britain, Europe, and the rest of the world. So the super-Soviet system, you'd walk into a big factory-type warehouse, supermarket, and you'd only take what you needed and nothing else. Uh, that would be the perfect uh, Soviet man or woman. They wouldn't think beyond that. And so this perfect, uh, fantastical uh, utopia, uh, of course, could never materialize in any natural way because we're all born with survival instincts. And in some people, they get more deviant than others and they become the tyrants who want, want it all for themselves. Uh, therefore, they'd have to be altered genetically uh, or, or and with the aid of drugs uh, and so on. And right now we seem to be in the era where all of these techniques are being used at the same time. Uh, we can see that the, 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 the incredible amounts of money, <laughs> your tax money of course, that goes into creating new kinds of, of genetically modified food. Uh, and don't think for an instance just to get a, a better spud or a better carrot. Uh, there's other scientific um, studies being done on these, these things all the time. And it's also to see if they can modify you, obviously. Of course it is. And to make you more passive as a society, or even more uh, effeminate as a masculine uh, group, uh, with the biosphenotypes um, in, in your food, 
and your soft drinks and everything else too that, that was getting promoted heavily, still is getting promoted heavily, and they know what it does to, to, the, to the, your, very, your hormonal system. We're constantly being tampered with all the time. And it's not by accident. It truly is not by accident uh, that it's been done. Uh, we live in a society, as I say, where the elite have always wondered how to gain pretty well perfect control over all of us at all times. What they've settled on at the moment, this transitory phase, is simply the data collection daily uh, from you that you get put up yourself for them to grab from the Ethernet, etc., and add it to your personality profile, your history, etc., etc. And all these, these games running automatically on you to see how you would react in certain situations. It's perfect control. I've mentioned before that really good series I did in Britain uh, about called um, The Last Enemy, because The Last Enemy is you. Once you're tamed and totally controlled, there's nothing you can do that would upset the apple cart or annoy uh, anyone above you, for that matter. And we certainly do have those above us. Uh, we've never lived in an age, as I say, that the, where the super-Soviet were, were boastful about their techniques, in fact. They became very overconfident, to an extent, uh, on their own, own abilities to manage all of us. They've had so many meetings in the United Nations about how to alter our opinions on the, the mandates for the future and get us all ready to accept uh, the mandates for the future by making things approved by social approval or social disapproval. Very great technique, and they can shame you into just going along with the flow. And most folk will go along with the flow rather than be shamed by the mass, even if the mass is pretty ignorant. Uh, That's just the way it is. You'll find most people will go along with the masses anyway because they like to please their bosses. And I really mean that too. Everyone, I think, really knows that we have a system where uh, it doesn't stop with the, the politicians uh, in this day and age. I think most folk really know or, or even sense that there's a much, much higher organization above that thing which you call government. And, uh, and you're absolutely right there. Again, they, they had it in different sci-fi movies and the THX movie, etc. They've had these, these other groups above us in natural movies, but we do have them because we're all on the same agenda at the same time of internationalism, uh, multiculturalism, right down to old speeches put out by uh, the big players and promoting all of this and getting all into action, like the late uh, David Rockefeller, who said you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. And he was talking about the, the mayhem it would cause in society as they forced all this upon the general public, including, obviously, the fallout, crime and everything else, uh, religious differences, all of it would be just, just the fallout, you know, breaking eggs, basically. And that's how he saw it. Of course, he himself never saw himself living amongst uh, the rabble as we all had to go through this change. Uh, these people literally move above us, literally, or underneath us sometimes, uh, underground uh, railways, etc. And they live a completely different lifestyle. They never mix with us. So they fall out and they, they make enough of the eggs and they break enough of them. And it doesn't really affect them at all. 
But again, we do have these organizations like uh, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, uh, the Project for New American Century, and then one I might touch on tonight too, which is the, is, uh, is the one that they came out of that last one, and it's working very, very strongly today. But who gives them authority to, number one, exist? Do the public vote for them? No, you don't. You don't get to, most of the public don't know, even know they exist. And why is it that your vote doesn't matter? Um, because whoever you vote in, goes along with an agenda that you never suspected. For most folk, who never suspected it. It really frightens me when the general public are genuinely surprised that the person they vote for changes their tune on pretty well every single thing that they mentioned when they were running for election. Because there's nothing new about that. Uh, Marx advised the future leaders to do the same thing, to infiltrate the, the political parties by any, in any party, it didn't matter what name it had, and pretend you were, if it's conservative, you'd be the most conservative of them all. If it was labor, you'd be the most laboristic of them all, and so on and so on. Until you were in, then you can do what you wanted to do. And, and that's what has happened in many countries over the years. Uh, and it hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped. I can remember, and I'm sure you all remember, in fact, there's been movements in the past, in all countries, I think, to recall, meaning if any person you elect into office doesn't fulfill their promises, then they should, they should have a certain amount of time and then boot, get booted out. And each time you try to get that through, it, it never goes any further than, than the hollering stage because it's never going to happen. We're not run by the people that you think you vote in. The people you vote in are on the hook to an extent to their bosses way above them. And they know it, they're perfectly aware of it, but they're quite content too to get really good payoffs under the pretense that they're the leaders of the countries. And you, you should never vote for anyone where you have no, well, where they can produce no affiliations to other private organizations that they've sworn allegiance to already. And most of them do. You're not voting in a person. You're voting in a person with a bunch of uh, pre-sworn allegiances to organizations. And I mean sworn in. It's not like a, a, a little affiliation, like a hobby. It, they really believe in it and, and they've gone into it in, a, in almost a Masonic style. It doesn't have to be Masonic though. But uh, they've definitely gone into it in that, in that depth, basically. The only job the peasantry have is to under democracy is to, is to use your vote. You have no right once you've voted the person in. That, that, that's a fact. That's law. <laughs> so all the saps, basically, uh, that uh, were promised peace, and we're told that peace is better than warfare, are just that. They're saps. It wouldn't have mattered one way or another who got in in the U.S., for instance, uh, one way to be a bit slower, and because they were doing it with proxy armies with American funding and training, uh, whereas the other one got in because he, he promised to get right the boots on the ground and um, of Americans. And Americans would fund it all and pay for it all, and, uh, and that's what's happening. Uh, they, they get it done faster. And they both uh, made their promises. You all know that they made their promises. Uh, therefore, that's why one got in and the other one didn't. The masters of the world uh, preferred the bid basically put in by um, Donald Trump. 
and he's going at it. It doesn't matter that you said you to be friends with him and friends with Russia. It's all been broken, it seems to. And the same thing with uh, the Middle East. Our whole lives, basically, that's all, a whole generation has grown up. Uh, many of them have died off already. Where all you've heard is, is problems with the Middle East, Middle East, Middle East, the whole, the whole darn life. And people don't stop and say, well, why? Why? And it's still going on. is isn't finished. hasn't finished at all. And under the, the various conventions they've got at the United Nations, supposedly, like everything else, of course, doesn't matter, but supposedly the, the, the whole idea was not to intervene in sovereign countries' internal affairs. And that included civil war. But it doesn't matter, does it? Because there's other reasons why the sad government must go, according to the color revolutionists and all the rest of them, who said they would, they would want secular governments, which really meant different, <laughs> different people governing them uh, than people who actually were born and raised in those areas. That's really what they mean by that. Because they don't want anyone being nationalistic uh, in that particular area around another country. Uh, they don't want that at all. So the wars go on, and um, you, you can either cry or walk away because you, you aren't going to change it. Big power and big money uh, rules it all, and uh, big power and big money is a worldwide gang in this day and age. That's what it is, and it's pretty ruthless too, pretty ruthless. And for those who think too that things happen, happen in a spontaneous fashion, I mentioned before, that when it comes to military offensives and so on, it takes years to plan each one of them. Years. It's not spur of the moment. We knew that too with uh, the George Bush Jr. and his old bunch with the project for New American Century and all the rest of it, that uh, they had troops waiting ready to invade Afghanistan before 9-11 happened. It took years to plan all these things. And a whole list of countries to be taken out. I've t- taken them all out except Iran and Syria, uh, Somalia, and, uh, and I think it was Yemen as well. I think um, there's quite a few countries on that whole list. They've taken a, a bunch of them out already, but there's, there's a whole bunch left too they've got to uh, finish off. Uh, and they won't tell Americans why, they, why America must go off and finish off these countries, but I think we all have an idea. But um, it really doesn't matter, does it? We're going to live through it again. But as I say, you know, it gets monotonous. You know, It really gets monotonous. Uh, pretending you live in a free society uh, when your own governments will, will <laughs> come down and imprison you if, you if you mention various things you're not supposed to mention anymore, which are obvious. Maybe kind of like walking home from school and you've got a black eye. And you get in the door and your mum says, who gave you that black eye? And if you mention it, then your mum's going to start beating you up. That's where we are. We're not allowed to mention reality as we see it. Even when it affects us personally, it's not allowed anymore. That's why I mentioned last week about the, the system of the Soviet system that ran the Soviet countries, including Bulgaria. And put up that link to that excellent uh, 
little documentary they put together of suffering under, under the incredible brutality, the brutality of this, what was called the left-wing Soviet system, where literally you, you, you were imprisoned, and often all they stamped on it was your nonconformist. You wouldn't go along with a politically correct verbiage of the, of the, of the gang that ran you. And we're seeing the same thing being enforced in our own countries right now. If you've got a different opinion on different things, uh, they, they want to put you in prison. Yep. We see it all happening again and again and again. Again and again and again. You're a nonconformist. You won't use these, these term, this terminology. You're a nonconformist. You must, and, and I've given the talks over the, what I'm talking about over the past few months, in fact. But many other things as well you're not allowed to talk about, even when you, when you ask questions about why. We are sentient beings, and as such, we're supposed to ask questions as to why things are happening and where we see problems. Why is there a problem there? What, what is this? And you're not allowed to ask anymore. So, so much for We can toss free speech out the window and even the freedom of thought out the window because your governments are ready to put you in prison or psychiatric institutions, again, a favorite of the old Soviet system and all the Soviet bloc countries. Because if you complained about anything in the system, you had to be insane to criticize such a perfect utopia as the Soviet Union. And believe you me, there's no shortage of these, these, these BS psychiatrists that will gladly stamp your way into, into, the, into the prison or the psychiatric unit on behalf of the government. There's no shortage of these characters in any regime. It's disgusting. And often you have to walk away just to keep your own sanity because you will be incredibly disgusted at humanity. And even those around you I'll put up with, in fact, or do, or, or, or how they'll reduce to groveling themselves to please their bosses and so on. That There are many facets within human nature that are pretty disgusting. Pretty disgusting. Uh, they talk about the whistleblowers, and everybody will, will give accolades to the whistleblower. But if that whistleblower asks for anyone around who's given accolades to, to back them up, oh, they run like, like, in, like stampeding cattle. Yeah. And that's the way of humanity. It's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. And uh, this world, I don't think really this world's intended to have any peace at all. Uh, I've never seen peace in my lifetime. E- even little bits of peace that give me economic uh, destruction of taking down your nations, and I've lived through that in other countries. I watched it happen. The people were told nothing at all, except there was more and more unemployment, and, and factories were closed. Now, didn't tell the people that this was going to be the agenda for the next 40 years. Deindustrialization, made from secret agreements and so on. So why even pretend that you're voting for a country when the country deems you unfit to tell what they plan to do with you? That's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? To vote for them. The same governments that kept it secret from you, that about 1948 they set up the institutions in each country of Europe to literally destroy their sovereignty, open their borders wide to mass immigration, 
deculturalized the peoples that paid their wages, <laughs> and and also deindustrialize them until it was mass mass unemployment. And they, they deemed it fit to keep that secret from the public until the until the new European Parliament was up and running. And you keep voting for these. Uh, there's, there's no word disgusting enough for them, these characters. And there's no shortage of them either, unfortunately, in any country. War propaganda is not meant to really make much sense, except on a, a cartoon level. It's to be kept simple. They say that in all the manuals. And the propaganda must be uh, so simplistic in a sense that the people will not think through the real reasons why. They, w- they won't even a- a- approach it, in fact. Sometimes they make it a little obscure at the same time to, to further complicate uh, the issue. But the facts are, when violence, extreme violence, is to be used, which is killing people, uh, then they must give basic reasons for going off uh, to do so. And this nonsense we've seen in, in Syria, after living through, and I have lived through the, the, the time of um, 2001, September the 11th, and all the propaganda that followed that, it was just incredible from the US, Britain, and so on. It was incredible. Right down to inquiries after the facts, where a president of the United States admitted that killing Saddam Hussein really had nothing to do with 9-11. In fact, this president said, we got rid of him because he was a bad guy, and the world's better off without him. Well, if, you give, if they have that kind of power, or they think they've got that kind of power, to go across the world killing folk they don't like, we're up in real trouble, aren't we? But again, it's, it's always kept simple for the general public. I think, I think Bush Jr. didn't even know himself why he was told to go off into these countries. I really don't think he really knew. But it's the same thing. And we saw the same thing, too, when they had Colin Powell and all the rest of them uh, telling us, oh, look at that, there, there's a guided missile system on a platform there, a big, long platform, and, and this is why we must go in and, and stop these weapons of mass destruction. And uh, over and over, the same lies over and over again, even when the company from Britain that had sold Iraq uh, this particular long <laughs> tractor-trailer device admitted that they sold it to him, and it wasn't for missiles. Uh, on the back of it, on the top of it, was these weather balloons. They sold it to him years ago. And they came out and said that, we are many, says, don't go and blow them up because this, is, because, because this is what it is. But it didn't make any difference, because facts don't matter. Facts don't matter when there's a big agenda there. And the same thing has been said by, I think it was the, one of the officials from Britain to Syria recently. So the same thing, we've seen this all before when there's an agenda afoot. You can't believe anything the intelligence agencies tell you. So when you, when you hear about a supposed gassing, and you see pictures, the pictures mean nothing, all through 9-11 uh, and afterwards, the reasons for conquering the Middle East were shown lots and lots and lots of fake pictures that came out and it was admitted to afterwards, they were all fake, it, but it didn't matter at the time, as long as it got the job done. And it's the same thing here too. Countries <laughs> which have never had a problem using force, like the US or Britain, 
don't become squeamish when babies are killed. I, I still, you can still look up the, the, the photographs from Vietnam when you saw plenty of young children running along the roads in Vietnam after getting American napalm sprayed upon them. And their flesh is all hanging off. It didn't bother anybody back home then. So don't believe for a minute. It's so pathetic. These pithy excuses, pithy, pithy, pithy excuses they give to the general public. It really is sad, isn't it? And then the next thing you know, $59 million or so is spent on missiles and retaliation. Missiles are supposedly so inaccurate that they don't know who killed, and no one's crying over any children there. Never mind this Moab bomb that has been dropped on the border of Pakistan and Afghanistan. Really, I mean, come on. So let's, not, let's get away from this whole idea that they care about killing folk. The whole point of what they do is to kill people. That's what war is. And they won't use the term war, will they? Oh, we're policing the world. Well, who gave you the permission to police anything? Hmm? The, the U.S. has been involved in more wars than, than you, can, you can hardly remember. It's before and after World War II. And now they call it policing actions. It's just uh, word terminology and play, they're playing on words. It's just, just disgusting, isn't it, really? But the point is they want a different government, and it's the same agenda that was on before Trump came in is on the go today, where the real powers that be above us all have decided they want the particular government of, of Syria out and the one that, the proper one that they want to put in. in. That's, that's what it is, as simple as that. And they'll keep uh, slaughtering folk over there until they get what they want. Anyway, it says the Moab that was dropped on Afghanistan costs far less than you think. A lot of misinformation has been circulated about the cost of the mother of all bombs. That's the nickname for it, the Moab bomb. It was dropped on a series uh, of ISIS network tunnels. That's what they tell us. We don't know if it's true or not in Afghanistan, but the true number is a lot less than many think. Back in 2011, the LA Times wrote an article that detailed the cost of the bomb sitting somewhere in the range of $314 million dollars. The number was picked up by many in the media after Afghanistan mob was dropped, and soon the number was spread around social media. The bomb dropped today in the middle of nowhere. Afghanistan cost $314 million. And they give you another link as to where that one came from. But then it says the figure early times present, however, is not at all accurate. But soon the site Deagle.com came out with a figure of $16 million dollars. As the Daily Caller writes, the number was then picked up from various media outlets. So now they're bringing the cost down to something like $170,000 and saying you got a deal. And it might even be as less as $12,000. This is like trivia I'm reading here, presenting this news. But I mean, that's all you get now as guesswork, isn't it? And anything, anything to do with military, believe me, me, a toilet seat will cost a couple of million dollars because money goes in the other, other, uh, other pockets. And then this one too, which of course they want to use. See, I remember Iraq, and I had all the the links. I've kept all the documentation of the last big conquest of of Iraq. And it was astonishing at the time when you saw people in hospitals who were on a bus. And the bus internally was sliced up inside. 
as though like a sword had slashed through everything. And they had testimony too of even the driver. I think his legs were cut right off. And they, they didn't know what it was. It was an advanced weapon uh, that the U.S. was using. It was so bad that some of the intestines of people inside the bus ended up on the roof of the bus. A, a directed energy type weapon. Another one, uh, an, actually a couple, what to do with the mummified bodies. They had buried all these bodies and... They had, they had been adults, but they'd shrunk, literally shrunk, with some intense, incredible heat. And they were dehydrated and had been buried too. And that the U.S. was definitely testing out advanced secretive weaponry in Iraq. Well, now they want to use them, of course, elsewhere. And this is directed energy, atmospheric lens. It says, could revol- revolutionize future battlefields. Sorry about my voice, by the way. It's, just, it's the heavy, heavy aerial spraying of geoengineering or chemtrailing we're getting up here. This is a, a bad spot for where I am. And you couple that with the sudden disappearance of the snow, all the rotten vegetation outside, and the fungus and all the rest of it, and it's, it's not the healthiest time, so that's why my voice is coming and going right now. But the spray in the last few days has been astronomical. Anyway, directed energy atmospheric lens could revolutionize future battlefields. Uh, within the next 50 years, scientists at the BAE systems, and I think that's the same systems that created HARP for the U.S., uh, as I checked that up and, and to confirm it, mind you. Anyway, they believe that battlefield commanders could deploy a new type of directed energy laser and lens system called a laser-developed atmospheric lens, which is capable of enhancing commanders' ability to observe adversaries' activities over much greater distances than existing sensors. At the same time, the lens could be used as a form of a deflector shield to protect friendly aircraft ships, uh, land vehicles, and troops from incoming attacks. Now, this weapon, which is a weapon, of course, it says here it can um, basically change the path of electromagnetic waves such as light and radio signals, and it can magnify them all too. So you're, you're looking at something that could probably, uh, I think James Bond had a movie kind of like that too, or like a deflector in space, where they could create an incredible path of energy right down to the earth, and uh, it could cut right through icebergs and everything else too, fry everything on the ground. And I'm sure that's, of course, is what it is. This is a complex and innovative concept that copies two existing effects in, in nature. <laughs> yeah, that was to take something from nature. Uh, the reflective properties of the ionosphere and desert mirages. The ionosphere occurs at a very high altitude and is naturally occurring layer of the Earth's atmosphere, which can be reflective to radio waves. Uh, so uh, you, can, you just know it's uh, basically a weapon. And they can do a lot with it too. And they're dying to use it, I'm sure, on real life people. Because that's what they're designed to do. I mean, that's what weaponry is, you know, to be used on live people. And they don't care, any of these organizations that make the weaponry, or the governments that use them, about little babies or anything else. All that nonsense. They really don't. They don't. And you better understand something too. Countries that do that, and I've said this from the beginning, they create this big eating machine that goes across the world, just eating up different nations, eventually comes back home to you. And you at home have changed as much as the countries that have been conquered by your troops abroad. That's what Carl Quigley said. One of the effects of war is to change uh, the cultures of all those engaged in the war itself, even those back home. And you're all under surveillance now, to an incredible extent. 
and believe you me, it's astonishing to hear people still believing that nothing's changed. Where have they been? What coma have they been in? What are they drinking or smoking? They really still think that everything's just the same. It's just, uh, you can't help them really, can you? Can't help them. Now I'm going to put links up tonight about the, the different mob things and bombs and all the rest of it and too, how it works, etc. It says it kills people by vaporizing bodies and it crushes the internal organs and you suffocate to death as, as the air is getting woofed away like some massive, atom, almost like an atomic bomb. It, it, it sucks the air out of you and your, but your lungs and blood just goes flying out of you too. It says anyone who survives it is left psychologically scarred for life. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding, eh? <laughs> So it says uh, it was dropped on tunnels containing the ISIS camp in Afghanistan's uh, Nargarhar province. The estimate that uh, 800 ISIS terrorists were in the area. It doesn't say how many they killed. They don't know yet. And they won't care how many <laughs> children and mothers were killed as well. Who knows? Who knows? You know. It's amazing. Don't forget Al-Qaeda was created from the, from the groups in Afghanistan. It was created by the U.S. to fight the Russians. And then Al-Qaeda gets off into the Middle East to create this supposed ISIS state, basically, all the way across there. Again, funded by the U.S. I've read all the articles. There's no secrecy about it, although they'd love to have you forget it all. And unfortunately, most folk will forget it all, but the U.S. funded it, trained them, sent troops to train them, armed them, and so on. And now supposedly they're going over to fight against them. <laughs> it's all just too much, isn't it? It really is too much. Remember, too, that in 1984, or was 1984, when eventually Winston's captured, etc., he learns that the fake resistance is put up there for you to join so his big brother would find out who you are. The fake resistance said that the war is not meant to be won. It's just perpetual war for control purposes and power. It's not meant to be won. So you always have a war on the go. And that's what we have, isn't it? It says here that uh, in the milliseconds following the, the initial blast in Afghanistan, all the oxygen would have been forced out of the tunnels and for hundreds of feet around, literally sucking the life, life out of ISIS terrorists and suffocating them as their lungs imploded. In a flash, the fiery shockwave would have radiated outwards at the speed of sound for up to a mile, mile radius, eh? causing huge blunt force trauma injuries to anyone caught in its path, leveling buildings and trees. Uh, ears would have been left bleeding, internal organs battered by the sheer force of the shockwave. It would also have caused many within two miles of the blast to lose their hearing. Anyone caught inside the tunnels would have been crushed as a force of 19,000 pounds of highly complex explosives caused them to collapse on top of the ISIS terrorists. And, uh, and on it goes. I guess that's a great selling point, all this what I'm reading here for the, the company that makes all this stuff. That's how it works, isn't it? It's just, just another day of business, really. And another one, two mother of all bombs, never used before due to civilian casualty concerns. Well, they had no concerns there, I suppose. This article, too, came out about the same time, about a week ago or so. Less than four weeks remain before the funding for the federal government expires. 
A shutdown would be catastrophic for the military. But even if funds are extended at prior year levels on a continuing resolution, which is called CR, continuing resolution level of stuff, don't they? The damage will be grave. Military leaders have warned that planes will be grounded and troops will stop training under a CR. This would be a major setback for President Trump, who pledged to rebuild the armed forces after deep cuts under his predecessor. And then this one here is to do with the group that's all around Trump, it seems. It would seem right now. Because many people were hesitant about Trump because he never said who he was going to bring into his cabinet and help him run the system. And it's rather obvious that there's, there's so many neocons uh, and newer neocons, younger ones, involved. But uh, there's people from the Foreign Policy Initiative. Now, the PNAC group were the older ones, uh, the Rumsfelds and all the rest of them, both of which is Cheney, etc., and had Crystal and various people in, in, in under it too, who helped set up, in fact, helped set up the peanut group. And a couple of the same ones have set up the Foreign Policy Initiative. Again, it sounds very official, like it's a part of government, but it's actually a non-profit tax-exempt organization. That's how they do it, you know, for the people. Most of the people in America will still think it's some kind of official arm of the government. It says here, as an American think tank, according to its website, the FBI is committed to robust support for democratic allies, human rights, strong American military equipped to meet the challenges of the 21st century and strengthening America's global economic competitiveness. It was founded in 2009 and is led by Executive Christopher J. Griffin. It's a non-profit tax exempt organization or Section 501c3 of the U.S. Internal Revenue Code. And it says it's, uh, it supplies, um, it publishes numerous bulletins, fact sheets, and analysis on a variety of foreign policy related issues. The FBI's board of directors consists of former Under Secretary of Defense for Policy Eric S. Edelman, Dan Senor, editor of the Weekly Standard William Crystal, and Brookings Institution Senior Fellow Robert Kagan. The latter two were project directors for the neoconservative project for the new American century. It describes itself as having formed in response to foreign policy challenges facing the U.S., such as rising and resurgent powers, including China and Russia, and other autocracies that violates the right of their citizens, and, and again, against Al-Qaeda, etc., etc. But you, you get the, the gist of, of where they're going with it all. It's, it's a shame... Well, if you had real government, you know, real, if any country had real government, it's a shame that the, 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 they can't just have a real government that's solely, solely sworn in to simply look after the people of the country instead of being uh, subject to all these very powerful lobby groups and organizations that end up dragging the nation into various wars and all the rest of it too. It really is. It really is. And and also, um, to do with the aero springs going on big time, one of the, the aircraft you've seen very often doing this is, a, and I saw one again just on Friday there, is a pure white aircraft, two big engines on it, no markings, and uh, just laying on the chemtrails big time. And this ties in with this article uh, that uh, 
It's from 2016, August the 3rd. What was that mysterious white plane flying in and out of Syracuse Airport? Well, they identify this as an American military one. Uh, It can be used for refueling in the air. It can be used for many purposes, but there's tankers in it already. (laughs) It means these are the ones, I think, that are using using heavily for the spraying, and um, it makes perfect sense. Pure white again, and um, it says that uh, it's... A 757C32 is a specially configured version of the Boeing 757-200 commercial airliner and is usually used to transport government leaders to locations around the world according to the Air Force. And it says uh, one version designated the C32B reportedly has in-flight refueling capability and is painted white with minimal markings to keep a low profile while flying to foreign destinations. So it makes you wonder, you know, but I, I, have, I have seen these myself, and you can really get them with a good lens, or you can see them through binoculars, uh, these particular aircraft, and they're, they're white, that can make out, can't see any markings, although they're very high up indeed, but there's no markings or colour, they're pure white as far as I can see, and they're going at it all the time, pretty well daily. And I noticed too, they're back to the old, early, the early 2000 spraying types that were giving where they start off with big white trails uh, and they spread into the sky if it's sunny and you end up with this kind of bluish, whitish mush in the sky. Not quite totally overcast, but uh, they did bring on the rain over Saturday and into the day Sunday uh, with all the heavy spraying that's going on. It's child's play, it's routine nowadays. And of course, we're not supposed to know about it. This article here, is about spraying. As his U.S. scientists are set to send aerosol injections 20 kilometers up into the Earth's atmosphere or stratosphere and the world's biggest solar geoengineering program to date to study the potential of a future tech fix for global warming. I read this again a few weeks ago because it's, uh, it ties in with what we're talking about here today too. And again, this is all to do as if they were going to one day have to step in and save us all when they've been doing it steadily since 1998, pretty well daily. And this little, this, this little testing area just for Harvard alone, university, is $20 million and will launch within weeks and aims to establish where the technology can safely simulate the atmospheric cooling effects of a volcanic eruption if a last-ditch bid to halt climate change is one day needed. What a lot of nonsense, eh? But again, most of it uh, is not for the general public to understand or know about, in fact. They really, did, they really hate the fact that you notice them. And if you didn't notice them, if some of us didn't notice them at all, uh, then you wouldn't hear about this at all. It wouldn't be mentioned anywhere. Because we're, we're run by secrecy. Uh, as we prattle on about democracy, etc. We're, we're running total secrecy. That's truth. That's the reality of things. We're peasants, remember, and it's not it's not your you're not there's no need to know in it for the peasant class. Just play yourself with all your electronic gizmos and be happy. That's what they tell you. Yep. And also, I'm going to put up a, a PDF to do with forum on U.S. solar geoengineering research conference center at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace again nonprofit foundation. Uh, and what they've got there about it as well. In this PDF, you'll see lots of the, the names involved who are getting their, who are milking the cash cow for, for geoengineering. 
uh, in the academic field who will all be for it, totally for it, who will all believe, oh, yeah, and they'll, they'll, at least they'll, they'll preach to you about climate change, climate change, and tax you and so on, because it pays good dividends to these characters who just milk the teats dry. Yep. Now, another thing I want to touch on, too, is the massive <laughs> indoctrination programs on the go. Years ago, I put out documentaries on Psychiatry, and with many, all of the history of psychiatry, to do with uh, psychiatrists who wanted to literally uh, vet the world, vet all the politicians. The psychiatrists said they were the only ones qualified to to vet and pass anybody as sane, and they wanted a deeper hold on society uh, to get into society, to basically work their their, their voodoo magic and manage and create a new kind of personality, you might say, a sane personality that would be politically correct in today's terminology and uh, would be a good citizen. And it's still going on today, after all these years, uh, big, big time. Scotland, as I mentioned before, is a a test bed for it uh, with the GERFEC program, and you'll find GERFEC and GERFIA and the archive section of CuttingThroughMedics.com. Uh, I've given talks on them before. And how they're also going into all the different programs in Scotland to do with uh, managing you and tweaking the brain for the population. Uh, what you're finding today in societies that are decimated culturally um, just like they, they knew with Darwin's theories of peoples, if they were, you know, were, were, had their cultures taken from them, they'd, they'd basically <laughs> self-destruct. And especially when you bring them up in a society where uh, there's no work because of free trade and all the, 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 the manufacturing being taken out of the country long ago for free trade. And a service industry, which means nothing at all except passing important stuff and passing it around to sell and until that falls apart. And that's what you've got. So the problem isn't free trade, of course, today, according to all, all the experts. It's your mental health. It's you. If there's a problem at all, you see it's in you. That's what they're telling everybody. And so they're using Scotland as a prototype to tweak the brains of people who obviously are suffering uh, and see no future in anything pretty well. And one of them is a child mental health online trial, online computer, to be held in the Highlands of Scotland, along with Gerfec and Gerfee and everyone else. So children with conditions such as depression and autism could, could get help more quickly via online psychiatric assessments, as being claimed. Uh, the use of a secure computerized system for young people and their parents or guardians is being trialed in the Highlands and and in Finland as well. The trial is being run by a team from the University of Aberdeen. It said online assessments could offer a service to an area of healthcare with, an, with few staff and heavy workloads. Now, the reason, and it's going to, supposedly it's going to involve four categories anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, phobias, attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder, autism, Asperger syndrome. Oppositional and conduct disorders. Now, myself and most people I knew 
when I was growing up would probably be put under oppositional and conduct disorders because because the system back, back then was totally broken in, in, in Britain. Really, uh, you had to assert yourself, your own sanity, by op- opposing nonsense that was getting fed into you at school. That's what you had to do. But they're not going to have that now. They're going to tweak you until they make you the, the perfect citizen. Now, this ties in, this online, this is a great treatment you're going to get, it's online treatment. Uh, <laughs> this is National Health Service, Scotland again. Highland Boss outlines the vision for army of local heroes in creation of new care profession. Uh, this is the boss of the National Health Service. Highlands has urged communities across the, nor- the north to show courage as he unveiled his vision for a radical shake-up of health services. This is across the board in medical health too. So they want volunteers and local heroes to be recruited in rural areas combining roles of retained uh, firefighters, fire- first responders and health workers. But he warned communities across the region that they must be prepared to show courage as much love services are reformed. Well, what it really means is they're pretty well slashing and halving the cost of the health care in Scotland. Under all this verbiage, that's what, what it boils down to. It says they revealed that after, after financial uncertainty in recent years, the National Health Service would come in on budget this year, but warned fundamentally different ways of doing things were being explored as an unprecedented £100 million worth of cuts hit the service, the health service, over the next three years. They're bankrupt. So under the, under the bankruptcy, basically, they're cutting it to the bone and trying to make it sound like we're winning. That's standard stuff today. No one tells you the truth today. They'll go through public relations BS, which is bothersome stuff, as you well know. There's another one, two local heroes need to be paid, said retired general practitioner. And Scotland facing billions of pounds of budget cuts, say economists. Now I can remember when the Scottish Nationalist Party supposedly got this <laughs> pretended government in, and it's, it really is, it's not, as far as I can have been able to tell, it's not for the benefit of Scotland at all. It's the most socialist, a socialist country, and a socialist, a socialist, a socialist international socialist experiment. Because at the time when uh, they got their little show of having a parliament in Scotland, uh, a guy with a very un, un-Scottish sounding name, un-British in fact uh, sounding name, was in charge of something to do with uh, working with other uh, peoples across the world, and he was ecstatic about, oh, Scotland was going to guide the world into, into throwing money all over the place to help the poor folk and so on. And I, and I thought, have they, where does this guy come from? Because if you grew up in Scotland, you're not looking at a, a prosperous country at all. You're looking at a poor country. It's been decimated for as long as I've been alive. Really. But again, too, we're living in a, in a farcical socialist system where uh, I guarantee you those that are in the government and those around the government, like every other government, will be filling their pockets mightily with the kind of paychecks they'll award themselves and all the other benefits they get. We live in a very corrupt age. Very, very corrupt age. Really do. So I'll put all these links in tonight for those who want to see, because the reason I'm giving you Scotland is because it's a test bed for the rest of the world under the United Nations. And they'll tweak out all the difficulties, adjust them here and there for different cultures, and then introduce them in your country. That's why I'm, I'm telling you this. 
And then what I'm going to give you is an example of the wastage of money. We live in a new age, agey society. A very touchy-feely. Everything's touchy-feely. And it's a, it's a big business for those who are into the touchy-feeling stuff. Uh, and as you're going down the tubes and working harder, and uh, especially even in medical professions and so on, they send them off to these courses, the staff to these courses, where it's called self, different names for it, but self-care. And they give adults things to do like finger painting and things for the day. Not, really? That's, and they're, they're paid awfully well, these, these, these characters that they send in to do all this finger painting and let's build sandcastles and think, what on earth is this? And they give wonderful names, you know, self-directed learning, transformative learning, experiential learning, contextualized learning, points to ponder and rubbish like that. And this, every, all the big corporations have them, but now it's all through the, the government, it's through the school system for teachers, it's through the medical profession too for the, for the staff and nurses and so on. Rather than just, just cut back their hours, hire more folk uh, and let, let you do what you want with your free time. No, they send you off to finger paint and stuff like that. Huh? Do you ever wonder if you're living in a loony bin? Do you? Well, we are actually, but it's a, a very, a very well hidden loony bin because they put drapes all around it and make you think it's just an, an ordinary building. It's not. It's not an ordinary building at all. But they want all of you to volunteer to go into it and and have your brain tweaked to make you a better citizen, so that when you have to go and finger paint, you make a good drawing and get a little gold star for it, no matter how old you are, even at retirement age. Don't look for sanity in the world. Don't look for common sense. There are forces in the world that run you now that are determined to show no common sense to you at all. And they certainly don't want you to have any either. Sad, isn't it? We're being poisoned from the skies. We're being fleeced for all our cash, for wars galore, and for all this nonsense to do with geoengineering as they... Use it to totally control the planet. Because that's what it's about. Total control of the planet and its weather and everything else. And you pay for it. Right down to forcing whole nations to up and move. And it might be your turn next. You might look at all these ones in the middle and say, all these Arabic countries are moving. But it might be your turn to move when they start putting all this on you. I'm not kidding you. I'm really not kidding you. Well, that's all I've got time for right now. As I say, forgive my voice, it's kind of crackling, but it's all the heavy, heavy spraying we got up here. Plus, once the snow suddenly goes, you're left with rotten vegetation from last year, and you've got lots of fungus and stuff in the air. So that, plus the, all the chemtrails that come down, uh, it's a bad combination to be breathing in. And the big boys know at the top too, but I guarantee you they've got the real antidotes to it all. And they'll be off at this time of year elsewhere where they won't be affected by it. From myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you.